0: For a different reason. He knew too much. It was just past seven o'clock on the morning of Saturday, september thirteenth, two thousand eight. Diamond, the chief executive of JP Morgan Chase, the nation's third largest bank, had spent part of the prior evening at an emergency all hands on deck meeting at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York with a dozen of his rival Wall Street CEOs. Their assignment was to come up with a plan to save Lehman Brothers the nation's fourth-largest investment bank, or risk the collateral damage that might ensue in the markets. To Diamond, it was a terrifying predicament that caused his mind to spin as he rushed home afterward. He was already more than two hours late for a dinner party that his wife, Judy, was hosting. He was embarrassed by his delay, because the dinner was for the parents of their daughter's boyfriend, whom he was meeting for the first time. Honestly, I'm never this late. He offered, hoping to elicit some sympathy. Trying to avoid saying more than he should, still he dropped some hints about what had happened at the meeting. "'You know, I am not lying about how serious this situation is,' Diamond told his slightly alarmed guests as he mixed himself a martini. "'You're going to read about it tomorrow in the papers.' As he promised, Saturday's papers prominently featured the dramatic news to which he had alluded. Leaning against the kitchen counter, Diamond opened the Wall Street Journal and read the headline of its lead story, Lehman Races Clock, Crisis Spreads. Diamond knew that Lehman Brothers might not make it through the weekend. J.P. Morgan had examined its books earlier that week as a potential lender and had been unimpressed. He also had decided to request some extra collateral from the firm, out of fear it might fall. In the next 24 hours, Diamond knew... Lehman would either be rescued or ruined. Knowing what he did, however, Diamond was concerned about more than just Lehman Brothers. He was aware that Merrill Lynch, another icon of Wall Street, was in trouble, too, and he had just asked his staff to make sure J.P. Morgan had enough collateral from that firm as well. And he was also acutely aware of new dangers developing in the global insurance giant American International Group, AIG, that so far had gone relatively unnoticed by the public. It was his firm's client, and they were scrambling to raise additional capital to save it. By his estimation, AIG had only about a week to find a solution, or it too could falter. Of the handful of principles involved in the dialogue about the enveloping crisis, the government included, Diamond was in an especially unusual position. He had the closest thing to perfect real-time information. That deal flow enabled him to identify the fraying threads in the fabric of the financial system, even in the safety nets that others assumed would save the day. Diamond began contemplating a worst-case scenario, and at 7.30 a.m., he went into his home library and dialed into a conference call with two dozen members of his management team. You are about to experience the most unbelievable week in America ever, and we have to prepare for the absolutely worst case, Diamond told his staff. We have to protect the firm. This is about our survival. His staff listened intently, but no one was quite certain what Diamond was trying to say. Like most people on Wall Street, including Richard S. Fold, Jr., Lehman's CEO, who enjoyed one of the longest reigns of any of its leaders. Many of those listening to the call assumed that the government would intervene and prevent its failure. Diamond hastened to disabuse them of the notion. "'That's wishful thinking. There is no way, in my opinion, that Washington is going to bail out an investment bank, nor should they,' he said decisively. "'I want you all to know that this is a matter of life and death. I'm serious.' Then he dropped his bombshell, one that he had been contemplating for the entire morning. It was his ultimate doomsday scenario. Here's the drill, he continued. We need to prepare right now for Lehman Brothers filing. Then he paused. And for Merrill Lynch filing. He paused again. And for AIG filing. Another pause. And for Morgan Stanley filing. And after a final, even longer pause, he added, And potentially for Goldman Sachs.